1: Children's Box.
0: Why, what, and how? Hughes 8 and Kate will break it down for you now.
1: Hello, hello. Hi. I, off a mo. put a shrimp on the old barbie. You went from Brit to Australian. I, it's the same <laughs> fake accent. <laughs> it's all pot and parcel. Mary Poppins. Now do South African. I can't. That's... <laughs> Impossible, I also can't do anything from the Netherlands Or New Zealand uh, Certainly, well, no But I did watch a lot of Flight of the Concord, So I think that counts for something No Okay, maybe not, <laughs> maybe not. So I've got a thing um, So I heard, um, this was on another podcast And they were talking about ratings You know, and you rate things from 1 to 10 Now somebody on this podcast said What podcast, Betsy? Shut up um, They said that you should just eliminate 6 entirely from a 1 to 10 thing. Because 6 is wishy-washy. 7 is commitment. Anything below 6 is fine, but never say the number 6. I disagree. Uh, have we ever said 6? Sure. Okay. When, I,
0: when I think something is a classic, but... And I don't... And I'm not down the... My down the middle is 5.
1: Yeah. And if I give it a 6, that means... All right. It's a toe over the line. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense to me. Yeah. But they were saying it was wishy washy. Well, they're wrong. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> podcast I can't remember the name of. <laughs> we disagree. All right. Excellent. Uh, who, who, who are you? I'm Kate. Oh. Catherine. Catherine the Great. Catherine. When Catherine the Great and me were eight. Wait, that's a picture book. Never mind. Oh. Yeah. And I were eight. Oh. My grammar got all crazy. It's okay. I'm Betsy. It's not
0: like you were an English major
1: or anything. Shut up! <laughs> I'm Betsy, uh, and this is uh, Fuse 8 and Kate. Yep. It's a podcast. It is. It's where we talk about books. hmm Specifically picture books. Sometimes. And determine if they should be classics or not. Yeah. So, today's special in a weird way. Now, we were a little, uh... A little punch drunk on the last one. We were. It was a very funny episode. It was my favorite episode that we've ever done. Wow. I'm going to actually go out and say that, and that is including the bar for the, record, the bar. The bar is the episode favorite. was my favorite. Um, I felt our banter was 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 right right up there. It was on point. And uh, you know we didn't have the material that we might have with say uh, a Baron Bears bully book, but I thought we did really well. So I decided pat on the to back to us. Pat Pat. Yeah. Pat Pat. Uh, so I figured I'd ruin it all this week <laughs> Great um, Because we've done Curious George Yes And we've done Babar Yes So I'm going to do a book today that I'm is downright dangerous To a certain extent But I want us to look at it with a really keen eye Just to bring us back Remember when we did Tiki Tiki Tembo? Mm-hmm. Okay, so here, here you have Tiki Tiki Tembo a book that was considered a beloved classic for a very long time, and recently has been fading from all those best-of lists due to its, oh, let's say... Racism? Racism. yeah. <laughs> yeah, that, that would be it. Okay, well, in 1932, Langston Hughes was one of the voices that objected to today's book. And it was on all sorts of best-of lists, and then disappeared from a ton of them... Not just because of him, a lot of other people spoke out against it. Um, but I can tell you, uh, finding the original in a library can't yep. be done unless you're you're going to a, a reference library. So it's been redone re- many times with new text. Um, with new text to a asser- sometimes, sometimes not. Sometimes with new pictures. Usually with new pictures. Always, always with new <laughs> pictures. Uh Can you guess what the book might be? I
0: have no idea. Oh, you're
1: going to be shocked. Uh, So I'm going to bring out three books. You don't have to read all three. Here's the first one.
0: The Story of Little Black Sandals.
1: Yeah, who wrote that thing? Helen Bannerman. Helen Bannerman, that's right. Now, that's my first book. This one is illustrated by a Mr. Christopher Bing. But let's dip into Betsy's Bag of Wonderfulness and pull out another book. Oh, this is... The story of Little Babaji This is by Fred Marcellino uh, it, it, No, it's not actually You can see it's Helen Bannerman all over again Same story, slightly different Okay, here we're going to get a third, third book Third book comes out Sam and the Tigers This one's by Julius Lester With pictures by Jerry Pinkney. These are all The same story but, they are not the original. So the original was by Helen Bannerman, who illustrated them herself. And then in 1996, the same year, two of these books, The Story of Little Babaji and Sam and the Tigers, come out at the exact same time. Because that just happens in children's books um, all the time. Randomly, two things that haven't been out for a million years will suddenly like come out at the exact same time. Like, Sentient Cheese. For example. Um, So these came out. And then this came out. uh, The story. The actual the story of Little Black Sambo with Christopher Bing's art. Comes out in 2003. What? And then nothing else since then. Alright. I'm going to give you the Christopher Bing book. Okay. So this is the one. But I'm keeping these other two in reserve here. And uh, yeah. You're going to read that book. We're going to talk about it.
0: I'm so scared
1: This book, The Christopher Bing, very easy to get And in fact, I tried to get the original because my library catalog said we had it And other libraries in my consortium had it And every time I put it on hold, this book came up, not the original So, FYI okay. Go read that thing While Kate's doing her reading, uh, I'm going to give you my little background information on the book Alright, so, apparently, the story of Little Black Sambo was very popular in Japan. In 1988, a firestorm of protest surrounding the popularity of Little Black Sambo memorabilia in Japan sort of just blew up in the States. Uh, Publishing companies in that country stopped producing the book, which, because of glitches in the copyright law, uh, according to Michael DiCapua, uh, the book is actually in the public domain in America. So. There you go. That's your little tip of the day. Hello. Hi. You're back. I am. You are. And you read a book. Yes, I did. Oh, yeah, you did. Yeah. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, you did. So uh, we're not gonna do a funny voice for the Good. description on this one. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. not Good. even. Good. Not gonna touch that with a 10-foot pole. Good. We have a very uh, straightforward encapsulation. I'll read it. Okay. Okay. This book, in only several hundred words and 27 pictures, tells of a young boy whose parents give him some fancy clothes. A beautiful red coat, blue trousers, a green umbrella, and purple and crimson shoes. He goes for a walk in the jungle where he encounters talking tigers that wish to eat him. To dissuade them, he offers each a different accoutrement. The tigers get into a cat fight over who is the grandest. They begin to chase one another round and round the tree trunk, going faster and faster until they melt into a pool of clarified butter. The boy reclaims his clothes and takes the butter home to his mother, who cooks a batch of pancakes. He eats 169 of them. Okay, I almost feel like I need to give some context before we dive into... Do you mind if we give a little context on this one? Go for it. Okie dokie, so... Uh, I've heard so many differing accounts of this book. Here's what we know. There are... It was written in 1899 uh, by Helen Banner. So did
0: you say this is the oldest book we've ever done? or was? Because yes,
1: it's two years older than Peter Rabbit. Peter Rabbit was 1901. So go. this is now... And compare the art to Pe- Well, this art, you didn't see the original art. Right. Your original art, no good. Uh, compared to Peter Rabbit... This... Oh, her art was not great. Um, she was a Scot. She was married to a doctor in the British military. They lived in India. Okay, so... Either she wrote it, uh, this story, for her two daughters attending school back in Scotland. Uh, or the family was living in India and she wrote it on a train when she was separated from her daughters.
0: That's what the back of this book See, says. See,
1: that's it's... one of the two versions, yeah. It is... Sort of takes place in Southern India. Um, So in the original, there is an argument that he is a a Southern Indian or, and I'm going to butcher the pronunciation, a Tamil child. Um, But it was, uh, you know, any book that came out that was popular back then was counterfeited and a million different versions, even when it was under copyright, would have come out and were horrendously racist in their illustrations. Um... More so even than her original illustrations could be interpreted as being. So what'd you think? Because this is a book where they decided to keep the original text, but changed the images with the understanding that the images were the problem. So what'd you think?
0: Well, the first thing that confuses me is on this... Title page. It says illustrations by Christopher Bing. Right. But then you get someone else's initial on the bottom of the page. What
1: the heck is that? E. Hay.
0: Yeah. Who's that?
1: I have no idea who that is. (laughs) Why would that even be there?
0: I don't know. E. Hay. So who is who is E. Hay? I have no idea. They did the illustrations. No, he did. But but then it says Bing in the other corner. Okay, so
1: he's Bing, but. E hey. I mean, that's not even for. That's not even stand. Doesn't even stand in for Helen Bannerman. Yeah. I don't know. Okay. You found a mystery. <laughs> <laughs> no idea what that means.
0: But the drawings are beautiful, no matter who did them. Sure, <laughs> very lovely. Um, and you know the beautiful interpretations of um the landscape and mm-hmm. the animals. I mean, so he
1: sets it in India, right? Yes. Yeah. So he has an African American child or black child. But it's set, yeah, but it's set, no, pretty clearly. Yeah, but it's set in India. Yeah. Which is what, in some ways, she did. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, so, right, so as you said, the animals, one by one, start taking some of his nice things. Yep. I but they never show like the tiger who wears the jacket or the tiger right. who wears the pants. I want to see.
1: Okay, so I'm going to interrupt you here because <laughs> uh, we I have two other editions here,
0: and in oh my gosh, it's hilarious.
1: Yeah, the story of Little Babaji. This dude knew how to give the people what they want. So you've got a tiger. Who comes in and says, you know, I want your red coat, and that's then you've got t- that—that's what you want, right? You that's, want to see the tiger wearing the teeny tiny black coat. That's what I want. I, the tiger's wearing his pants, and it just—they are not fitting. Uh, you but, know, the tiger wearing the shoes on the ears. But
0: the tiger, the tiger was like, "What? Are, what am I gonna do with shoes?" I'm like, "What are
1: you gonna do with pants?" <laughs> <I> know. <laughs> He's a small child. He's not even a grown man, and you're squeezing into a pair of pants here.
0: Yeah, and then the tiger's like, you know, what am I gonna do with an umbrella? Again, yeah, what are you gonna you do with pants? yeah, it's <laughs> But, um, so so the illustrator is he
1: American? Well, he lives in Lexington, uh, Massachusetts, and went to RISD. Uh, so yes, I'm gonna say yes, he's American.
0: Then this would be the first cat anus of an American.
1: <gasps> well, on our podcast, but I mean, fair enough. I mean, oh yes, quite. That is quite, and, uh, quite clearly. And some balls to match, apparently. <laughs> yeah, that's... Wow, that's, that's a male tiger. That is a male, a tiger, male tiger. tiger. In a picture book for small children. Alright, there you go.
0: <laughs> did you know that... I, I'm pretty sure this is true, because I learned it a couple days ago. Okay. A lion's roar can be heard five miles away.
1: I did not know that.
0: It can get so loud that you can hear it five miles away. Tiger roar, I'm not so
1: sure. Yeah, no.
0: But that's uh, that's just a little random fact for Oh, well, you. I, that thank you. May not oh, be true. I did not know so, that. <laughs> <laughs> um, did you also know, for my senior, it was essentially my senior thesis in college, mm-hmm. I participated and starred in a play called Spinning into Butter.
1: Really? Yes, I did. All right, then. It was... Now you know what that's from. Yep. Yeah, there really is no other, there's no other way to interpret that. Yeah, that well, I mean, a direct, and, that's a direct reference. Well, to the and the, yeah. yeah, and
0: the play tackled um, racism. Oh, okay. so, There you I go. Mean, that was
1: that made, Okay, so that was purposeful. Then. Right. Yeah.
0: Um, <laughs> it. <laughs> I don't know what this says about me, but as soon as it said that, um, the tigers spun themselves into. And it's uh, the text says here a great big pool of melted butter or ghee, as it is called in India. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I immediately thought, oh, ghee. That's Whole 30 compliant. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay, I'm so glad we got you off of that. Yeah, <laughs> that's a, that's not but, a healthy thing to think. But immediately. that was
0: yeah. that was immediately when I went. Oh, this is not Africa.
1: Exactly. This is India. It's India, and For then slowly. you can you can kind
0: of tell by what the father is wearing, I guess. But, yeah, but, this but is the he's first trying I'm, to have it
1: both ways. Yeah, but yeah,
0: yeah. But this but this clearly says India. So yeah, like, it is okay. Clearly, India. Um. I'm sorry, but, okay, and then they get the pancakes at the end. But what, who eats 169 pancakes?
1: Yeah. The mom eats I eat 27. Negative, if I eat three, I get super full. Right. On pancakes. You know why? Because they're pancakes. Yeah, they're pancakes. You can't eat that many of them. If you're They're not the most filling air. food in the world. <laughs> yeah. No, but that kid, he downs his pancakes. And I respect that. I respect his I ability to eat that because many. Because he's
0: going to throw all of that <laughs> up. And who's going to clean it up? Mom and dad.
1: Yeah, maybe, but yeah. at least. He, well, no, he actually did get his nice clothes back, so I guess it might go all over his nice clothes, yeah. Well,
0: no, no, no. He, well, maybe not on In his, that picture,
1: he's not wearing them, though, yeah. Well,
0: he's wearing the pants. Right. But, uh, yeah. There you go. Not the shoes or the umbrella or the jacket. Yeah. On the one hand, it's. What the kid did was clever. Yes. By tricking mm-hmm. the tigers into getting his clothes back. And because. The text because is they very... couldn't speak Because they were all holding onto each other's tails. Yep. Mm hmm. Um, so that's clever. Yep. But so racist.
1: Yeah. So, okay. So this book comes... That book in particular, the, the one illustrated by Christopher Bing, comes out, as I say, in 2003. And here's one of the objections to it from uh, a Dr. Alvin F. Uh, Poussaint, who said, quote, I don't see how I can get past the title yep. and what it means. Yep. It would be like trying to do Little Black Darkie and saying, as long as I fix up the character so he doesn't look like a darky on a plantation, it's okay. Well, and that's the thing, the name.
0: So in the back of this book, they have this section called Thoughts Some Thoughts and a Bit of History on the
1: Publication of this Edition. That is like a newspaper.
0: Yeah, yeah. and the and Christopher Franceschi, who's the publisher of handprint books, explains why. Helen used the name Sambo. Mm-hmm. The reason that they that she justified using the name Sambo was because here it says while Sam is an extremely common prefix for an Indian boy's name, Samir, Samrat. I even work with someone just named Sam who's mm-hmm. Indian. Right. Uh, the term had quite a different connotation in the Western Hemisphere. So, yeah. Y- Now, you know, in the middle of the 19th century, it meant a lazy black male. Yeah, well, okay,
1: but even before that, because I'm now going to refer us to the Julius Lester book, Sam and the Tigers, which has its own uh, fantastic back matter, and it says, um, history has quote-unquote... Okay, well, he's talking about how this was coming out during an era of, of social Darwinism... Where people, uh, you know, argued that the whites, you know, were the most, quote, fit And the people of black African descent the least And it says, intentionally or not, Little Black Sambo reinforced the idea of white superiority Through illustrations exaggerating African physiognomy And a name, Sambo, that had been used negatively for blacks since the early 17th century mm. So, they're trying to make excuses in the Bing book for keeping the name saying Well, Sam is a thing in India but mm-hmm. she didn't have to put the bow, yeah, the bow that made it a whole different thing, yeah, yeah, and but, then, but I ooh. do like
0: that the back of this book does explain,
1: yes, that
0: this it with her first drawings, you know, they were very mm-hmm. clearly blatantly stereotypically racist, I yeah. Mean, so it's, it's nice that they acknowledge that It is very nice It's funny how many Because they didn't have to add this back page with no, stuff, no, no, so they didn't And
1: what's interesting to me is how many things I've read Where what comes up over and over again Is people asking Was Helen Bannerman racist? I'm like, well, yes <laughs> If you have to ask the question Yes, did she mean to be? Probably she didn't mean to be But of course she was racist <laughs> a white woman living in India in 1899, and yes, of course she was racist. And began, you know, this entire book. Now, um... But if that was the social norm, Betsy... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever. I don't think we can do that anymore. <laughs>
0: well, <laughs> but it's they, so true. Everyone was racist back then. <laughs> yeah, well, there you go.
1: <laughs> Except for possibly the people that the racism was being turned upon. Um, so, as I say, we have these other two books, The Story of Little Babaji, where... They took the I So Fred Marcelino takes the original story and just changes the names and then makes it actually said in India. He is not... was not himself Indian. Uh, so, you know, take that with a grain of salt. But he did um, keep... it's all the same text. But instead of the parents having the names that I will not even... not even repeat uh, in this particular thing. But here it's little Baba G. Is,
0: you want, do you want me to repeat
1: uh, No, not particularly. But in this, his mom is Mama G and his dad's Papa G, which I'm sort of like, meh, okay. But the tigers are done particularly well. And it is, again, the thing is, people um, often talk about how Sambo is tricking these tigers. Mm hmm. The tigers kind of do it to themselves, right? I mean, they're the ones that fight with each other and grab each... He doesn't tell them to grab each other's tails. Yeah. He basically just sees that they've dropped his clothes, and he's like, Well, guess I'll put on my clothes now. And the tigers can't do anything about it, and then they run themselves into butter. Right. So, but even so, um, the other book, Sam and the Tigers. Now, I read this years ago. I thought it was okay. I read it just now, and I'm like, Oh, shoot! This thing's great! (laughs) I should have had you read this one instead, but... It, the text is completely different. He rewrote it, um, as he said, he, he rewrote it so that it, instead of being her... She has a very... Um, as he says, her language is a model of simplicity I could not imitate. Uh, so instead, he did a Southern Black storytelling voice for this book. Um, took the same story, changed the names, um, and changed them in a way I kind of love... In that um, everyone in the, is named Sam in this book. Mom's named Sam. Dad's named Sam. He's named Sam. <laughs> I'm like, well, that just solves everything. Yeah. That's, I kind of love that. And uh, he picks out his own clothes. So that's why his clothes are as flashy and mm. and, uh, and crazy as they are. And then, But it had the same problem that the Bing had. Where the tiger would say, like, give me your clothes. And then you would not immediately show the tiger wearing the clothes. And so I got to give little Babaji... Little extra points on that one. Well,
0: the that and that one, the the Babaji one, is definitely makes it more. Uh, I don't want to say cartoony, but those tigers are not as realistic as.
1: Yeah, Pinkney. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. In these other two, the tigers are super hyper realistic. Yeah. In both the Bing Whereas and the, the Babaji me.
0: one, you know, they're striking funny poses, and mm-hmm. so it's more comical. So maybe that's the justification for showing. You know, yeah, tiger, and
1: Pitney does show them wearing it, but it's only when they're already fighting right. that he shows them wearing it. And
0: it's still pretty
1: realistic. They're with, very realistic tigers. <laughs> he does a good tiger. Yeah, he's very good at the animal form. Um, but you know, and I do like it when they're they're spinning each of themselves into butter. You can actually see them sort of melting. Mm-hmm. Melting tigers. Full credit, uh, by the way, to Julius Lester. He recently passed away, uh, so I, I it's kind of nice that we're doing one one of his books, sort of, uh, as we're talking about all of this. I gotta say, though, uh, the Sam and the Tigers one had not just a note in the back, but it had a note in the front as well from the illustrator uh, talking about how he discovered that there were as many as 50 different versions of this book with different illustrations. And uh, then he recommends that if people would like to... To know more about it, you might want to check out the book uh, Sambo Sahib, A History of Bannerman and Her Book. So. But the problem isn't just the illustrations. The problem is not just the illustrations, no. I didn't even really
0: like saying the name of the title of this book.
1: No! No, you don't, do you? And it's... Well,
0: and as soon as you took it out of your bag, my eyes like went yeah. to giant dinner
1: plates, and I'm like, "Oh no!" Even if a person knows nothing <laughs> of children's books and picture books, you know the name. You know that name, yeah. and you know that name is a bad name. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't take much, and it's hard for me to believe. Like people say, like, "Oh, but there's lots of people who say they really love." I mean, the mom and dad's book. names aren't as bad as the I'm, kid's name. You know what? I, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, no, that's true. They're bad, too. It's just... Yeah. You can't there's rescue not, that there's text. Not a, there's not
0: a connotation with, like, the mom or dad's name, too. Mm-hmm. Unlike the kids, so...
1: Yeah. I mean, Julius Lester and Derry Pinkney both say that when they were growing up, this was the only story with a black hero, like, on a, like a younger end, what they had growing up. So, they you know, we often talk about how um, the snowy day was so groundbreaking and it's not like there weren't black characters in books before that but they were like little black Sambo for crying out loud um, and so you know a lot of basically these three books are trying to rescue the story but how they handle the history is completely different like let's look at the story of little Babaji okay there's no note in the front and in the back you get this Really teeny, teeny, tiny note on the text. um, Which I will read to you here because it is so short. A note on the text. Helen Bannerman, who lived in India for 30 years, wrote and illustrated the story of Little Black Sambo, 1899, a story that clearly takes place in India with its tigers and ghee, or melted butter. For this edition of Bannerman's story, the little boy, his mother, and his father have been given authentic Indian names not so sure about the mom and dad's names being authentic but maybe they were i uh, would love to hear somebody comment on that one but it's funny to me like how little they're trying to say about the original book whereas the Bing and the Lester are going head over heels trying to to talk about it as many ways as possible right
0: well so. i think if you read these books to your kids you have to explain
1: which History. brings them to my kids. So I did bring in these books home tonight, and proceeded to read none of them to my children. And so the question is: I think I could read Sam and the Tigers to my kids. Um, I think this book, you know, they're all named Sam for crying out loud, and it's a lot of text. It is a lot of text, but it's really a fun read. It's it's the language is really nice. Little babaji. I could read this to my kids, potentially. Um, it, again, it's it's the original text, but the names have been changed, and the art has been changed. But the Bing. I can't read the Bing. I can't do it.
0: Why can't you read the Bing? Because his name's and
1: Sambo. I can't do that. But
0: can't you teach them yeah, why it's bad? Yeah, I can. I mean, you can use yeah. it as a vessel to explain.
1: Absolutely. That would be the brave thing to do. And maybe the right thing to do. I mean... That's the thing. In the past, uh, well-meaning, white, liberal parents would just avoid the any mention of racism at all. Right, well, like, If I Ran the Zoo. I sure. Mean, that would be,
0: again, like an That's example. That's a teachable
1: moment. Right. Yeah, That's, that book is so, a teachable so moment. So would this be. Which, by the way, I just want to mention, you ran into the If I Ran the Zoo... I did Thing in Universal in, Yeah, in Orlando In Orlando You sent me a picture I did
0: Just to show you that I it was, was real And that it was horrified sense. Yeah
1: <laughs> I was like, oh ah. <laughs> Yeah So, yeah I mean, this is Honestly, the best thing to do Would be to take all three of these And talk to the kids about them hmm. That would be Probably the best way to do it Because kids love Comparing and contrasting Similar things Okay, but I would be curious as to see which one of the three would be their favorite. Right, my I'd be vote would too. probably be Little Babaji just because it's the shortest one
0: and the most fun illustrations. Yeah, yeah, too. it's the lightest
1: one. Yeah, um, it's the le- the least. you're yeah, cartoonish is probably the best way to describe it. There's a wordless sequence of the tigers just attacking one another, um, and one of them's literally put up his dukes. Yeah, kind of a la the cowardly lion and Wizard of Oz. <laughs> So, yeah, there's a lot of fun being had with this one. But, I like the Pinkney one quite a lot, too. But, we're
0: only going to rate off of Helen Bannerman and Christopher Bing's
1: The Story of Little Black Sambo. Little Black Sambo, yes. That's the only one that we're rating. So, if we are rating this, what are we rating it? On a scale of 1 to 10. 10 being the most classic. And one being the least classic. It's totally a 10. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, how can it not? How can you give away the game?
0: Yeah. That's
1: a twist. Didn't see that one coming. Yeah. This yeah, are my
0: favorite. <laughs>
1: yeah. We're going one, aren't we? Yeah. Yeah, we're going one. Yeah. We're both going one. I was
0: thinking maybe 1.5 just so that, one, it, it could be teachable, mm-hmm. and two...
1: Some of these illustrations are really pretty. He's a very good illustrator, and he disappeared after, like, three or four books. He did three or four, and then he just, whew, he disappeared. All right. Sorry, so, Little Black Sambo, so the not original. not classic. Not actually no. a classic. Wow. I know. Which, to be perfectly fair, in 1932, that's what Langston Hughes said. So, we're not exactly the first people to come up with this incredibly, like, brain-bursting idea. But, uh, but when it comes to the other two, the story of Little Babaji and Sam and the Tigers... Good books. Good books. I would recommend them. Don't know if I'd say they were necessarily classics either. No. No. Uh, you know, the story is okay. I think and people remember the story more fondly than they need to because...
0: I mean, it's you don't forget yeah. tigers running around a tree and turning into butter.
1: It's That's, pretty good image, yeah. I gotta say. Yeah. As are the colors of his outfit. And yeah. it's
0: been used in other... Like, as I said, in a play, you know, to talk about racism. No, no, no,
1: we can't escape Little Black Sambo. Um, But it's teachable. It is teachable, yes. Whew! That was heavy. All right. Ooh, letters! Oh. We've got letters. Cool. We've got lots and lots and lots and lots of letters. One of them, I forgot what it was, so I didn't bring it today. But (laughs) here's the other one. Um... So, from a uh, new listener, Sean. Sean, who's been binging us. What up,
0: uh, Sean? What up, Sean? Wait, is that S-E-A-N? S-E-A-N, yes. That's right.
1: It's the Irish way. Aye. He's not <laughs> Irish. He's, oh. he's American to the core. Oh. So, he's been listening to us. And he said, so... He, he says, Conclusion. There is almost definitely space for a podcast where it's a children's librarian and like a child psychologist... Deconstructing every Berenstain Bear book. It would be very entertaining. I inherited my own Berenstain Bear books a couple years ago. We got through half of them. My four-year-old likes some of them, kinda. We disappeared them. What bears? Never heard of them. <laughs> and, uh, my favorite word I've heard applied to them? Creaky. Creaky? Creaky. Those books are all a little creaky. Huh. I liked that term. Interesting. I thought that was a fun term to to bring up with the old Berenstain Bear book. So thank you, Sean. I like the idea of a, a children's librarian and a child psychologist <laughs> picking apart Berenstain Bears and Too Much Birthday, Berenstain Bears, and it wasn't Stranger Danger, but it was something like that with the strangers. Oh, so many bears. Baron St. Bears and Too Much TV. Okay. Baron St. Bears and No Pen- Girls That's Allowed. Betsy,
0: Pen- stop that. Stop. Baron St. Bears. Okay. No. <laughs> Alright.
1: Alright. Alright. Uh, the other letter, uh, not the one that I lost, but the other letter was uh, from Mom. Uh, from Mom. Yes. Dear Sheen- old Mom. Dear old mom. Getting her steps in. Mom who uh, yes, getting her steps in. Mom listens while she, she exercises to this podcast. Because we're so exciting. Um, <laughs> so uh Mama who's actually the one who suggested we, we attempt to look at all these different versions Of uh, Little Black Sambo oh. uh, Which I thought was a pretty darn good idea uh, Because I certainly wasn't going to look at the original Alone Lord no uh, So she said, she had several points uh, She had one about The song uh, I've got spurs that jingle jangle I've got jingle. spurs that jingle jangle jingle. Still don't know that song um, <laughs> She had a point to be made About derbies and bowlers uh, I'll uh, that. going back to uh, Babar. Yes, yes, yes. And these are all about Babar. Oh, and here's here's the main point about Babar. Now remember, you said that there was a tombstone uh, on the road when he's yeah. in the roadster. Yes. So she says that tombstone is a milestone. Before odometers, they were put along roadsides so you'd know you how can't far. Can't measure a
0: life in miles. No. It's...
1: <laughs> about an elephant <laughs> life. Maybe. Pretty sure. Okay. <laughs> Uh, You know how far you'd come and by implication how far to where you were headed That that does sound Oh no, 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 no I have, I have, have, I'm cancelling that song Uh, That is not allowed, no, no I think I just said no (laughs) Anyway, she goes on to say, I think the Romans invented them to go with, you know, roads But I wouldn't bet the rent um, I did in the show notes say that it was a, I didn't say it was a, a milestone. I think, I think I said it was like a road marker or something like that. But, uh, yes. Uh, she makes the point that a dromedary has one hump and a camel has two. I'm not gonna doubt that. And then she talked about, she says, uh, you talked about it getting dark fast, but the darkest throwaway was Betsy's, well, gotta have piano keys. Which I was very proud of that. I line. Know, I never heard you say that. I you didn't hear it even when like you were like editing it later. You nope. didn't you didn't it's it's a throwaway line, but I was feeling very proud about it. It's very nice. Piano's That's gotta got a keep keys. Okay. Yeah, it's <laughs> it was great. So dark no, it's good. It's good. It's dark. Alright. Grown <laughs> up things we like.
0: So this was a really depressing episode. Yes it was. So I'm gonna lighten it up with a little queer eye. That's right. Really? Queer eye for the straight guy. <laughs> has been Aww. revamped for now. Okay. And the show is now just called Queer Eye. It's on Netflix. And it is brilliant for many reasons. Um, be- Same cast? No, different cast. Oh. Um, and le- before, you know, in its first when it first came out, it was these five guys who would find a straight guy, give him a makeover. Oh, I watched that show. Yeah. I knew it well. And then you know, the straight guy went out into the world a better person, right? Right. Back then, it was, oh my gosh, there's five gay guys on TV.
1: (gasps) I know, it was like such a big deal.
0: Right. Now, because you know, if you have a gay guy on TV, it's not a big deal. They needed to have some sort of hook, right? Well, the hook is an emotional hook. It's something Hmm. you will cry and laugh in every single episode. Really? It's It's insane. So they had an episode where um, there was a very strong Republican on the show uh, as the straight guy, you know, and you can see in his garage he has Trump signs and you have these five flamboyantly gay men, Mm -hmm. very liberal, trying to figure out, okay, how do we handle this, you Mm -hmm. know? Um, You know, and, and he was also a cop and one of the gay guys is black. So the two of them have a conversation about... Um, the black community versus cops. Mm -hmm. Um, There's an episode, oh, that had me bawling. It was actually um, a gay man who was closeted and hadn't come out to his Mm stepmom. And so they help him be able to come out to her. And, oh my gosh, I'm just, (laughs) it's so sweet and touching and and they tackle all sorts of things. um, And it's not just Five gay men redoing a straight man. They tackle all sorts of social issues that, uh... Is it
1: still called Queer Eye for the Straight Guy? It's just Queer Eye. Ah, okay. Okay, that's better. But it's the
0: same setup of, like, you know, one man does the grooming, one man does culture, one man does uh, food and drinks, you know, so it's... Awesome. I I cannot recommend this enough. That the way that they tackle social issues while having a good time on the show, you laugh and cry every episode. Okay. You're warned.
1: All right. I am warned. It will happen. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Well, consider me warned, then. All right. Um, So I thought about doing, um, for my grown-up thing I like, uh, the very antithesis of Little Black Sambo, which was, of course, the Black Panther movie uh, Uh that just came out in theaters, um, which I saw and which I... I uh, loved it. Was so good. Don't tell me any spoilers. I'm not telling you a darn thing, except that it's so good. But I'm not the only one saying that. So it's not a very original, grown up thing I it like. It is
0: breaking all
1: sorts of records. I know. Right I, now. Want <laughs> I want it to break more. I want it to break. More of the records. I mean... More and more and more and more of them. Last
0: I heard was that it's like the number one grossing movie for a black director by something like a $100 million. Good. And it's going to keep going up. Yes, it's It's, going to go
1: keep going up because it's so gorgeous to even look at. Oh my
0: gosh. The amount of
1: work that went into it. Yeah,
0: I read the... Well, the costume designer just took inspiration from all these different African tribes. Yep. Yep. It's...
1: It's amazing. So, but that's not a very original thing for me to like because we all know that. So, I'm just going to give a little hat tip to my favorite reviewer. So, I review. I review children's books. Um, Sometimes I do it professionally for places like Kirkus. And then sometimes I do it just on my blog where I... Or this podcast. Or this... Well, this is... I, would, I wouldn't call these reviews, necessarily. But all right, sure. sure yeah, sorry. Right, but you know, my reviews on my blog, I get to bloviate for long periods of time, just as much as I want. Because it's my blog, and I can make it, the review as long as I want. <laughs> but I have a um, a deep and abiding respect for people who know how to review succinctly and well. And my favorite reviewer, my, my top reviewer of all time, is... Emily Nussbaum, and she reviews television and sometimes movies um, for The New Yorker. And she is so good and so succinct. And even if you don't care two bits about whatever it is she's reviewing, she's just so great. So in the most recent New Yorker, um, she wrote a piece on television. Uh, the piece is called Fam and Cheese. It's about family dramas and three of them. The, uh, they're called, you know, there's Here and Now, This Is Us, and The Fosters. And it is the greatest encapsulation. It's she is so smart and so funny and so good, and she makes me want to be a better, uh, a better reviewer. So if if I had all the time in the world, I would just read books on reviewing and try to improve my reviewing. That ain't gonna happen. Uh, so in lieu of that, I read her, and I like her a lot. Cool. So yay.
0: So don't read Little Black Sambo and I think go they see do that. Black Panther instead.
1: That's a very good advice, yes. Yeah. Yeah,
0: that's...
1: that's... That's something that people can carry home with themselves. Yes, yes. exactly. Cool. I've been Betsy. I'm Kate. Bye. Fuse 8 and Kate is a Fuse Number 8 production. You can reach us at FuseKate8 at gmail.com. You can follow Betsy on Twitter at Fuse8. That's Fuse and 8, E-I-G-H-T. Follow us on iTunes and rate our podcast if you're so inclined. Our music is by Haddon givens Kime, and our associate to the executive manager of marketeering and conservation efforts is Drew Atienza. Views 8 and Kate is creation of Kate Ramsey and Betsy Bird and does not reflect the views of School Library Journal.